My name is Bryce, and I'm your host for The Inbound Secret, where we're talking with top performers and health experts and sales badasses alike about their strategies to optimize their well-being and performance. Once again, this is The Inbound Secret, and, and let's get rocking and rolling. This is The Inbound. Welcome back to another episode of the Inbound Secret, guys. We've got Josh Brown over here, who looks like your internet connection's not doing awesome right now, man. What's going on? I don't know. I got like, I got all my bars over here. I don't know. It's you got CenturyLink, don't you? <laughs> no, I got I got Verizon straight to the house, man. Like, nice. nice. I, I I actually I actually have fiber. It's amazing. I wish I had fiber. I, I don't, but I wish I did. <laughs> when we built our house, they were bringing it to the neighborhood, but it wasn't ready. And they said, oh, it'll be like a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. Well, a couple of weeks ended up being six months of the, for the first six months we were in our house. We ran nothing but cell tethered. That was it. We had, it was horrible, but <laughs> we have it now. So That's good. That's good. Well, without further ado, let everybody know what you do, my man. Well, um, I'm Josh Brown, and I am a course creation specialist and consultant. And, you know, the online course world is exploding and only going to get bigger. And, you know, everybody's trying to get off piece of it. But I noticed a big misstep when I started my journey into entrepreneurship. And that was quality was a secondary thought when people are making courses <laughs> And they're even with their coaching, because when you do like a scalable offer, you have to have a course that goes with it, particularly if you're doing like group or even with an intensive one-on-one -on -one or masterminds. And what ended up happening was I was like, hey, I got to I got to get in here and help these people because from being a teacher for a decade and a curriculum specialist and, you know, a corporate trainer and things like that. Like I knew all that end and I'd owned a business before. So I knew the entrepreneur hustle. So I was like, when I was leaving the classroom, I'm like, okay, that's it. That's where I'm gonna find my piece. And that's what I've been doing. I literally help people optimize and create epic courses. So the, the one thing that has always caught my attention about you since we, since we first met and we got to know each other is you do something very unique because of your background. Right. There's there's a lot mm -hmm. of people out there, gurus, I use that word lightly, <laughs> that have oh, yeah. that have this idea that they're like, I watched a YouTube video. I know how to make a digital course. We're gonna sell the shit out of this thing. But what <laughs> yep. what they forget <laughs> so true. Right? But what they forget is is really what your entire specialty's in. There's a methodology to proper teaching. There's a methodology oh, to yeah. education. There's a methodology to curriculum, right? And so when we first started talking, when you told me that you were a teacher, we had the, we had this interesting conversation about like how, how mm -hmm. you got like exercised from the teacher's little self-proclaimed area. Cause it's like, why would you stop teaching? Right. And yeah. 
And we had that conversation because you bring something to the table that nobody else has, which is you were a fucking teacher. <laughs> so Yeah, like literally. Yeah, like literally I was a teacher for a decade. I was I've had a master's degree in it since 2006. I have three quarters of a PhD in education. And I was actually a super niche area, which almost nobody does. And that's technology education. So I taught like all the hands-on, like things like video production, graphics, all of that. But then I had to teach the business end with it. So yeah, it was one of those like, it just epiphany moments. Cause I like, I had like the, I had like literally when I was thinking about leaving the teaching field, I did exactly, exactly the same thing anybody does when they want to move online, literally hopped in Google and typed in like how to make money online, literally. And that's when I started seeing everybody pushing these courses. And then I started looking at the free ones and I even bought a couple and I'm like, these are like interesting, but they're utter garbage and then i started doing <laughs> like like not the content but the way it was delivered or it was somebody who was just marketing snake oil yep and which it you know and luckily there isn't a there's a lot of good intentions but a lot of very poor follow-through and i noticed the problem was and this is this ties in and literally where we talked about last time is like the best people in the world who could teach you how to do it aren't necessarily great at marketing it. Yeah. So you're actually getting the person who knows how to market it well, you know, and it ties perfectly for this podcast. Cause like the example I give like for this, a lot of times is sometimes what's marketed as the best. Oh, isn't always the best. Well, and, it, it goes into, know, it go it goes in perfectly to, like you self-recognize this, right? It's one thing that, mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't. I had you on and we did a, a funnel breakdown of your old funnel interview. Yeah. And there were tons of elements that could use improving or, or pump a little roids into them. Mm -hmm. Not because your offer's bad, but because what you specialize in yeah, is totally. educating and solving a problem. Mm -hmm. What I specialize in is the intent, the affinity, the neuroscience, the mm -hmm. marketing, the advertising, the development yeah. So it would be like, I teach people how to build courses too, but I don't teach people how to necessarily turn the dial on the course that's existing. I bring people in that are experts on that, like yourself. Mm -hmm. So if John Smith is like, hey, I've got a performing course. We don't have an advertising or marketing problem. We don't have a development problem. Mm -hmm. We have a completion problem. All right, how do we solve that? Well, we've got SOPs, we've got friends, we've mm -hmm. got colleagues, we've got people like you that come in the one big difference though, and, and this is something I want you to talk to the people about, is self-realization of what you specialize in is a unique talent, right? Yeah. When you, when you were a teacher and you started the entrepreneurship journey, you, you did the old Google, hop on Google, how do I make money on the internet, right? <laughs> but you didn't just go out and be like, well, I threw some YouTube videos together by my shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I'm still getting, I, I am still getting targeted for those Facebook ads to this day of like the most shameless marketing ever on how to make money online. You know, it's just like, and they're, uh, they're utterly garbage. You know, it's like all, all like the dudes in like rented Lambos in front of Airbnbs. Yeah. 
Like I fucking crowd. I fucking love those. <laughs> oh, I, I actually am working on an entire marketing campaign to literally spoof those because oh, I'm the beautiful. most non guru. I'm the most non guru guy like ever. Like mm. I'm like the guru buster. Like it's hilarious, but because I'm a through and through nerd. Like literally after this, I'm like throwing on Star Wars and you know all of that. And earlier day, like my hobby is stocks. Like you know, it's not anything fun. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that's, that's my thing. I'm like, woo, there was a great trend today. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, but yep. um, the, the thing that like, I always tell people is, is that if you were paid by somebody for what you do, and if you basically had and you learned from somebody, it means there is a market out there for you to sell what is in your brain. Yeah. Because at some point, somebody is paid to do that. Now, I'm not saying, you know, somebody, you can go out there and create a course like, well, my passion, my passion is this. There's a lot of passion projects that people will not pay solid money for. But there is something, particularly when you've been doing a skill for a little while, or you've been in a career, or you've, you know, worked a job and realized that you're getting paid by somebody else, it means other people can do it. And even if it's a passion project of yours, it, literally, if somebody else has made money on it, it means your validity for what you're doing. The rest of it is either making sure your students can get set, get success, which I am always going to harp on first, because if your students have success, it's easy continuity. They become Pied Pipers for you, which is the world's best marketing ever, because you don't have to market it. They literally hand deliver you your clients, which is amazing. Yeah, and, I mean, re re yeah. Repu reputation supersedes Yo. everything you can possibly do. There's a big difference between, yeah, paid ads are scalable, right? I can mm -hmm. scale paid ads through the fucking roof. Oh, yeah. But if I can get the same quality client that I've got to run through an indoctrination sequence by just John saying, hey, this is your dude, all day long I want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like when I first got going in the game, that was literally the only thing I was standing on. Like, I like, with literally like 24 months in the game, I have half of my client base was referral. Nice. Literally. And it's just off of, if I say, I know what I'm, what I'm doing, I literally can do it. Like, and, and this is the, this is the brag, pat yourself on the back moment, but literally my clients call, call me the mad scientist because I look at all of this stuff differently. Like I literally look at how, how the courses are differently because I'm not coming from a marker's perspective. And to me, one of the things is like almost anybody can get a course to an entry level creation phase. The problem is, is for as flooded a market as the entire course creation space is, at some point, very early on, quality of what you're presenting to them matters. And it should even from the beginning, because the threshold of what is acceptable is getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer, the more and more they're on there. And by 2020, 20, by 2025, if you are not already playing at that high of a level of the game with people coming in, swinging huge budgets, you're not going to get caught up there. And you're going to, your refunds are going to start going up because your ad spend is already going to be going up. It already is this year. I'm already sitting at well over 50% where it was last year, you know, and all of that, which everybody who's listening to us, if you're running ads, you already know that CPMs have gone wild is 
you know, what's going to be the um, differentiating thing? Your back end. How do you on your back end offer? How do you get more people in your back end offer? You fulfill your your front end offer. How do you do that? Success rates and continuity. If you're not putting effort in absolutely talking to somebody who knows what the hell they're doing on the front end to get that up, because here's the and here's the absolute unconven the um, uncomfortable moment for everybody. Just because you're good at what you do doesn't mean you can teach it. Oh, not at all. And not at I mean, fuck at all. And uh, that uh, is the problem. Uh, and that's the problem where so many people are sitting as they're like, well, I went to school. I don't know how to teach it. Bull crap. Well, here, it's, there's, let, you, let, there's a unique let, process. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of, I want to have a back and forth on this. Okay. Because okay? I'm curious about something here. While I agree with you, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you can teach it. I do think you can get there. And, oh, you 100% can. 100%. And, and, and I specify that because it's taken me just shy of four years to come up with the coaching, consulting, and info products mm-hmm. that we release. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure that I knew that shit better than the back of my fucking hand. Not only that I could fulfill it, mm-hmm. but because that if I did, I knew how to teach it. Because there's a big difference between me training somebody to do it, me selling it to somebody mm-hmm. and me being able to con- convey to somebody how they receive information first off, cause that's different for everybody and how they'll retain the information. Cause the way I learn is not the way you learn, the way you nope. learn is not the way that Susie learns. And that's a big struggle for a lot of people. It was a struggle for me. I, it took a long yeah. time to figure that out. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I didn't release a bunch of fucking info products before, <laughs> before I went down that no. realm. <laughs> no, in that, in that actually, about that there's basically, it's called differentiating your instruction is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's when you're instructing to a wide variety of skill levels and also learning styles. And part, and also that allows you to hit people with a same offer at different skill levels without them being bored or running over their head. And you took the time to do that because you're a master of your craft. You are, you're a master of marketing. That's your craft. Yeah. And ultimately by a lot of trial and error, you started a lot, figure, a uh, lot of trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it, but here's the thing. I'm going to play devil's advocate. If you could roll that back to when you started doing that, doing this and spend 60 days with somebody who can go do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, which one would you pick? That you could have somebody literally go, that's where it's broken with your knowledge base to make everybody get it. So because I'm a stubborn bastard. (laughs) You'd like to get kicked in the chonies for six, for three, for three years and sort it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's yeah. why. Here's why. It, but that's where a lot of people are. It's it which sounds, is fine. It sounds crazy, but here's why. It's also the way that I hire, right? Like I own, yeah. I think six LLCs now. Four of them are tech. Five of them are tech, and I have to know at least a little bit of something before I'll hire somebody to do it, right? Oh, one one hundred percent. I I one hundred percent agree. And and that's it's the same thing, like. Would it benefit me to have hired somebody like you three years ago? 100%. Yes, it would have. Mm-hmm. 
would I be as confident in my ability to do it for others, my team members, my community, oh, yeah. as I am now if I had just paid for it? No. I think yep. that I think the best situation for somebody like me would be both hire you to get the fucking thing out there working properly mm -hmm. and then get kicked in the cojones for three years while I learn it on the back end. Cause I've got something that's profiting and helping people mm -hmm. while I can learn. Oh yeah. Wait, and that's, and that's literally like I tell my clients, I'm like, you know, and is like, let's say you're scaling and you're, and you're going to bring in paid traffic. It's you don't want to walk in the door and them go, well, the CPMs are this. And you're like, the what, what what's a CPM? Yeah. And it, it's like, you need to do your due diligence first and at least know it. But along the same lines, it starts getting to the point when it's like, okay, you need to have that extra edge. You know, it's just like anybody can go in and run Facebook ads, right? It doesn't mean that they're. Yeah, 99% I mean, of the time you're going to fall fucking hard on your face if oh, you don't know what you're doing. You might as well go ahead and take a lighter, <laughs> hold up that Benjamin, light that bad boy up and, and write Zuckerberg across it because that's literally what you just did. Yeah. And I did that the first ad campaign I ever ran. I'm like, cue up the Lambo. We're doing this, baby. And threw it in there. And literally, like, I just heard the poof of the $100 bill go up and had well, like that, three clicks, you know, it's like. And that's what most people fail to recognize, know. right? Like you see so many people online. They're like, Facebook ads don't fucking work. Social media ads don't work. Google ads don't work. Yeah, that's why they're the most prolific marketing systems that have ever existed in the history of mankind. Yeah. And, and why have one of the best ROIs <laughs> ever. And why places like fucking Nike spend $20 billion a month on them, right? Yeah. <laughs> They don't, they don't work, work at all. They don't Not work. at all. Nope. No. What doesn't work is you don't know them, right? It's just like, like I always use the analogy oh, yeah. of a house. Could you build your own house? Yeah. Sure. You'll smash a lot of fingers, fuck up a bunch of wood. Eventually you'll get there. Or do you just hire the fucking architect and contractor down the road that's built several thousand of them? Which one's going to get you your house, Right. I, I was a shop teacher. I can, I can answer that one real quick. Yeah. And I was a shop teacher and guess what, guess who I hired for my house? It wasn't me. Yeah. You know, I literally taught construction tech. I'm like, yeah, I'll get some guy who's done a whole lot more than I have, you know? It, yeah, and that's ultimately the thing. And it also depends on what the season is for your business too. It's like, are you just literally trying to crawl or are you starting to get to the point of growing and scaling and things like that? Just like with, when you start getting even more specialized, like when you start realizing that, okay, you're getting to that point where you start getting overwhelmed. Okay. You really should start talking to a fulfillment expert. You know, are, are you at the point where should you, you know, bring on board something like a full-time um, content writer? Cause you're just, that's starting to be the overwhelmed part. You know, and that's really where and you have to start paying attention to the season of your business and where you are and what's immediately the time suck for you and what's not your circle of genius. You know, you should at least be able to dabble in those other areas so you can at least stay competent in it. But knowing when to bring people onto your team that are going to give you the edge over your competition, particularly, it, you know, anybody can get a foothold. Yeah. And at least scrape it out. Anybody can. 
But when you really start wanting to scale, that's when you start having to bring a team on board, bringing somebody like Bryce on board for how to get your marketing on point, how to bring in, you know, Ben, if you're talking about your fulfillment, you know, if you really want to bring that on board, you know, bring this crazy Josh guy on board and get your continuity up your course, you know, shameless plug. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> well, but, I mean, that, you know, that's the way, that, it, that's the way it goes. And that is absolutely the way it goes. Cause the, the biggest thing, and just to call everybody out, everybody, I mean, fucking everybody. Okay. If you have a course in today's world and you don't have somebody that's looked at it, picked it apart, or you're not that person, mm -hmm. there's a chance that the following is somewhat true. You probably have about 20% completion, probably about 80% non-completion or just completely not doing anything. You probably have about a 5 to 15% success rate, and you're probably only getting like one out of every 50 to 100 people to do a testimonial for you. In mm -hmm. most cases. And those are generous numbers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But if you come in and have somebody like yourself or hell, if you want to learn it, if you want to get kicked in the nuts long enough to figure it out, I mean, by all means, go for it. <laughs> it's not you the, the price method. It's, it's not the most, I'll be the first to tell you, it is not the most profitable way to do that. <laughs> no. Well, well, just to like boil it down to brass tacks. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just ask the question. 60 days with you. What's it cost? 60 days. It, I have a couple, I have a couple of different models in what we do. Let, let's just go middle of the road. The middle of the road. Generally I charge about a thousand a month. Okay, so $2,000. I probably wasted more than $2,000 just in R&D to figure out who I would be selling these things yep. to. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can blow that in a day on Facebook ads and not even, you know. Okay. And, 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 that's, and I do that literally to consult. Like, we, will, we work with anybody from, do you want us to hire us out for the month? And we can literally, like, I can build out somebody's entire course in less than 30 days. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and th thank you. you know. Thank you, by the way. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. It's one yeah. of my favorite topics. We have people come in every day because the inbound secret, that's what we do. Info products, deliverables, <laughs> coaching, consulting, and yep. we build courses for people. We've been doing it for years, mm -hmm. right? Now, in that, the biggest thing that we get told, quote unquote, told, <laughs> yeah. air quotes it, for all the air for the audio listeners <laughs> yep is everybody has this idea that oh it's gonna take months i can i can do an entire course in a weekend okay from literally thought i have a challenge called thoughts to profits that teaches you how to go from a thought to a profitable company based on an info product in five days okay <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's not a matter of time it's a matter of how you follow systems and methodologies to get that done. Yeah. And when, when I'm talking about courses for what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I'm, I do very extensive programs. So for me, when we do, when we do that, like, let me put it this way, I, because it was me in my head and I built my first program, which is called, called the course, um, course building accelerator. And it was literally how to go from A to B, all the tech, everything to build out your course. It even included some of the business best topics. It was somebody who literally had to bootstrap 
their course out. Like I went over how to do the graphics item for item on Canva for all your marketing materials, all yeah. of that stuff. Cause I, I wanted it for the lowest possible denominator for getting started for people who are low tech. It was eight, it's eight units. Each one's anywhere from eight to 15 videos. Every video is anywhere from eight to 15 minutes, including handouts, recording it, slide decks, everything. I did it in seven days. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And you know, and that was me 100% doing that. That was not my team. That was me. It was literally the first thing I did. I was sitting there in January and I was staring down a deadline. I'm like, okay, game time. Let's go. Yeah. And literally did all of it. And it, and I multi-cammed it too. <laughs> like, it's all masochists <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I literally, I literally had a video switcher and multi-cammed the whole thing. Um, and, you know, the first comment people have is they open it up and they go, dang, this looks a lot more expensive than what you bought. Literally first impression, video one. I mean, is it, you know, there's something that's to be the perceived said about value quality. too. Yeah. And it particularly now, if particularly if you're just coming out swinging with a first product and in the new knowledge economy where the bar has been set by already people with big budgets, you know, it's just like with YouTube, look at three years ago, a YouTube video quality was like shaky, like garbage <laughs> cell phones. It was like an iPhone four, you know, all of that stuff, just like old point and shoot them in selfie mode. You can still see their arm out the side. Take a look at what anything trends. Now they're shooting in 4k. They've got yeah. gimbals that, you know, that, and that carries over to the course world because it's visual. It's what you see in here. So that's the reason why a lot of people are having to spend a lot more time and effort in the game now. So we've talked a lot about what I've done, what you've done, what got you here, like how you were a teacher, what your expertise is, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have you drop some bombs, okay? For somebody, for somebody looking to get into the space, okay? They've never done an info product. They've never done a course. Mm -hmm. They want to. What's your recommendation on how to start to make sure that they've got the framework, the structure, the methodology down so that their clients will get a benefit from it. It'll be a winning product and they can actually scale and make an impact with it. Okay. Well, there, there's several, there's several steps. One is realize that the likelihood is the person taking the program does not think like you. And so you have to remember, there are people that are going to want to learn by listening. They're going to want to learn by visuals. And they're going to be wanting to learn by interacting with what you're doing. And the immediate resistance from a lot of people are, well, they're adults. They, they, they know how to work around it. Well, the thing is, they may be an adult, but they're not forced to be there. They chose to be there and purchase the program. And on top of it, it helps you on the back end because then you're having to troubleshoot a lot less issues because like, for example, if somebody, you know, the written information you provide them isn't detailed enough and they're a visual learner, they're going to be reading it. And then they're going to be asking in your group or on a one-on-one -on -one, wasting your time on something that was already in the training, things like that is make sure what you provide to them is detailed for everybody. Um, and that is my, my direct resistance against a lot of people are just slide deck voiceover courses is it needs to be more than just somebody doing hours of lecture. Um, you know, you need to have supporting material with it. 
when you actually go to create the course, um, what I liked, what I call is it bookend creation. What you have to do is, you know, outside of all the creation phase, which there's literally hundreds of, just like there's NLP for marketing, yeah. there's educational psychology for getting people to remember this stuff. There, there is, and there's all sorts of crazy tricks um, for doing it. And when you're creating the actual content layout, we call it the scope and sequence, basically how much you're going to cover within those lessons and what the order is, is basically um, when you're working in that, it's bookending it. What you're going to do is what is the baseline of where they're starting and analyze that off your avatar. What of your avatar, anything that's going to relate to your program, where are they and what's that baseline? So for example, you know, if you're going to be doing a course on marketing, okay, are they dead new at marketing or have they been doing organic marketing? Have they been, you know, where are they? And then ultimately every coaching program and every course should have an end promised state. It's the promise at the end of it, you're going to be doing whatever. Normally it relates to your offer and your marketing in 60 days, you're going to have this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you look at the end and you work in reverse. Okay. When they're going to be getting there, there to the end, what's the step before that? And you actually work backwards to figure out what those steps are. And the reason is, is that if we work in sequence normally from the front, we normally end up because we're experts, what we do skipping steps. I like to work mm -hmm. in reverse because it takes it now and makes it non-linear and I'm not basically skipping possibility. So I work from the back knowing, okay, the end result's this, what's the step before that? It's this. And then I fill in the micro steps, the lessons in between. So that's, that's one of my tactics I use because it allows people to sort of <clears throat> concentrate on those specific objectives opposed to what they think the order is, which a lot of times, you know, if you're an expert in doing something, you kind of subconsciously do it and you don't even think about it. When you're working reverse, that subconscious method sometimes start stop being there because you're having to concentrate on a specific task at hand. That's smart. That's smart. Cause there's a, there's the, I don't even know what you'd call it. It is, it is subconscious, right? There are many mm -hmm. times, many situations where like, I'll just do the thing, mm -hmm. not even thinking about doing the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody will ask how I did the thing. And I'm like, I, well, hold on. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, you clicked a button and didn't even think about it. And you're like, well, damn. Yeah. You know? And that's the reason why, like, I tell people, particularly if you're doing something that's process-based, even if there's theory, but particularly if there's a process with it, like, let's say you're doing a course on marketing, okay? And you get to the, how to set up your ads. Walk them through it. Because even if you forget to say it, they can see it on the screen of what you're doing. Yeah, and, I, you know, think, it, it's like a lot of those things people forget. <laughs> and it's sort of like a double check when you're going through it. Well, it's smart, too, because let's talk marketing, right? Because I've got, I've got a course called the Innovative Agent, right? Really simple starting real estate course to teach a real estate agent how to market online, right? Super simplistic. Avatar is pretty open. Brand new agent. Under 500,000 just starting yep. in that course we didn't do the screen record 
So mm -hmm. to supplement that, we had to do blueprints, we had to do outlines, we had to do funnels, mm -hmm. we had to do screenshots, we had to do audio voiceovers, mm -hmm. we had to do slides, which would have been far less work if I would have just done a screen recording and walked through how to build one. Mm -hmm. But because I chose not to, it did add an interesting element. I had to consciously, because I've been doing this for a decade, seven years oh, professionally, yeah. four for myself. It, it did force me to consciously break down what I do when John mm -hmm. Smith, a real estate agent's like, hey, I need this done. And I just do the thing that mm -hmm. leads into an interesting thing that I want to talk about. And it's going to be the second gold nugget I want you to drop. SOPs are huge for businesses. Yes. Uh, we've had, like, I flew Trey up here to do them because it's like, there's no way I'm taking this and putting it on paper without hating myself. <laughs> so I need oh that yeah doing <laughs> sops is an art unto itself yeah <laughs> so, so trey's the systems and operations guy so i'm like trey come do this <laughs> so flew him up and in a week we got 42 sops done restructured all of the systems operations reset new systems in place and knocked out like half of our recordings for the operations side of things what I want to get to in this is how important are SOPs to the course side of things? Is it something you recommend people do before they shoot? Is it something you recommend that they do while they shoot? Is it something you recommend that they already have established? What's your, rec what's your recommendation for course creators, infopreneurs that are looking to this question applies to both newbies and existing ones that are looking to launch or scale an info product. For the, the big thing is like all of those SOPs like built into the course, you know, some people call them SOPs. Some people call them frameworks, you know, whatever it is, it's basically the, the tangible things outside of the lecture within your program. They are absolutely huge, whether they're in a, printed format, you know, you can give them as a handout, which I highly recommend. Um, it, or you are even just running them through on the slides to have the person take down the notes on what you're doing, which I, which is actually a very strong method. A lot of people are like, well, it's lazy. No, it's not. It's because the people that actually want the information, they will have heard it, seen it, then wrote, written it down. So they have a 35% chance more of remembering what you said um, is they're extremely important. I rec recommend looking at it just like you do your sales funnel. Start with broad. Start with a scope and sequence of what you're going to cover. What are the big object? Where are the big units? What's the? Where are they starting? Where are they ending? And where are the units? Then look at what's in the unit, where the lessons are. Then figure out what the objectives are within the lessons, and then from there figure out what the what the most difficult pieces are that absolutely have to be done in a certain order and then create the frameworks around that. Because the problem is, is if you start over paper loading people, then it just becomes utter confusion for them. You only wanna give them those SOPs on things that if they aren't done in a specific order, they're totally gonna to screw it up. And there is no way but to do this specific order. And I see a lot of people, they particularly try to fluff out a kind of thin program by just doing tons of frameworks or tons of SOPs, tons of handouts. And that's just fluff, you know, is it needed? 
And is it just a theory or is it actual steps that need to happen? You know, if you're doing a fitness program and you tell them, hey, this is the daily eating plan. Yes, you should probably have that in some sort of an SOP. But is it a workout they can do in any specific order? Okay, probably doesn't need an SOP. If you're a fitness person, that was a bad example. Sorry, I am not. Um, you know, <laughs> but you have to balance it between paper overload, not because that's like there's a lot of people out there that do promote massive amounts of um, frameworks and things like that. And then the problem is it just comes absolute overload. So there is definitely a balance, but they are needed. So we mentioned earlier, you specifically brought it up NLP for marketing, right? It's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, it's in conversation. It's in marketing. It's in direct response. It's in community building. It's in relationship management, nine yards, mm -hmm. right? The frameworks you mentioned, methodology, system sequences that are basically NLP mm -hmm. for education, right? Run yeah. us through a little bit about what those are. And then for the people listening, I want gold nugget three to be, how can people use some of these things to be able to increase the results and effectiveness of the products that they're coming up. Not from a marketing standpoint, but from their customer engagement side, the completion rate, the success rate. Okay, well, the first thing, and this is literally gonna be the one, I'm, I'm gonna get get the, um, the, the very big grin off of the marketer across mm -hmm. from Zoom with me right now, is the first tactic is you have to sell them why it's important for them to stay. Yeah. And literally that's numero uno for doing it. And here's the crazy part is that person has paid you to be there. But even with that, you have to remember what's the most important asset of every single entrepreneur time, time, you have to sell it to them why they should stick around and watch the video, not hit 12 times X. So they saw it. <laughs> but they were actually doing 12 other things what played at multi-fast speed in the background and why they should at the end of it go to the next one that's the first thing you want to sell why it's important why they should stick around and also why you know what the hell you're talking about every time you're presenting and i'm not saying you have to every time flex a lambo and all of that no you know, none, none of that. You don't have to throw that in your let, videos. Let me let me just and, call but, let me just call people out for a second, Josh. And I think you can agree on this. If you can't afford a Lambo, don't take a fucking photograph with one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking about the beginning of this. I have an entire spoof line of that and of the Lambo videos to 100% spoof them which if you own one, just because that was a goal thing for you and you legitimately bought one, mm. hey, props to you, you went to your happy place. But if you have to go on Toro and rent one for the day, or actually see me, probably you probably rented it for an hour, let's be real. Um, and that, <laughs> then don't do that, just be yourself, people. Yeah. People like I, buying real people, programs and products. Not only that, it, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. A Huracan is like 2000 a month, okay? Like, if you really want to own a Lamborghini, just go fucking lease one. It costs the same amount as you have a Toro run every three days. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep it in your IG feed, man. We <laughs> but, you know, but like the, the thing is, is that like people, 
and, and this ties like the first one is sell it to them each time. Tell them mm-hmm. what you're going to teach them, why they should um, do it, and why you know what the hell you're talking about. If you hit those three things right at the beginning of your lesson, it can literally take 15 seconds. Hey, in this lesson, we're going to be talking about this because this, and it ties to this. Boom, you got them on the hook. Hook story offer. Right mm-hmm. at the beginning of your, right <laughs> at the beginning of your, of, I mean, literally it can take 15 seconds. Yep. Throw it in there really quick. And that ties into also the NLP things, educational NLP or educational psychology is people buy a solution, but what do they stay for? The person. Mm-hmm. They, they actually want, they, they have hundreds of choices and programs. They picked you because ultimately they went through the phase of going, they don't give a crap about you. At the beginning, they don't care mm-hmm. about your shiny stuff, but ultimately they pulled the trigger because you had the solution and they liked you better than a hundred other examples, mm-hmm. ultimately. So when you're doing your program, let them connect and know you. And what I'm going to say is a very fine line, and I'm not going to throw rocks at a couple of these people, but you'll probably figure out a few of them are, is let them in on your experiences as you're giving your programs. If it's a right point to give an example from your story or a tie-in to give a real world example, that first of all, will break the monotony of just straight lecture. Second Mm -hmm. thing is think about from your background, when you were in school, when you were in high school, college, even a boss at work, and you remembered the most important lessons you were taught, I guarantee you there was a story attached with it. Or the person teaching you had a great story with it. Or you and were the story. Or you were the story <laughs> in, Bry- in Bryce's um, experience. And that that's part of it. I literally have students from my first year of teaching. I had one DM me the other day and triggered, or he said it triggered a memory of a lesson his freshman year in my video media class. And he didn't say what the lesson was. He said what the story was. Nice. But then what needed to happen was tied to it. It's because psychologically we are driven off of story and connections. We're social people. Mm-hmm. And even if you're an introvert, you still learn by story. Literally, how did the first caveman teach the other caveman how to whack a, some sort of critter over the head with a giant rock? He told a story about it. He didn't come up with a framework and like, you know, some PowerPoint <laughs> chart on the friggin' cave wall. Go he literally told Van- a story. About <laughs> Go full Vanna White in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right here. But, and that ties into when you're doing that, I see a lot of entrepreneurs missing the, the boat where they're literally doing, you know, voiceover only on a slide deck. So the person, the only time they really see them in a course or maybe once a week on a, on a Zoom call is when they buy it. Then after that, it's literally just them talking. We get a massive amount of information actually off when we're in a learning mindset from non-physical cues, from hand gestures and faces. Yeah. And it ties into get knowing, liking, and trusting the person more. So particularly if you can split screen it, pop yourself in the bottom corner, start the video with them seeing you and interacting a little bit. It creates a faux experience of them getting to know you. 
And people love that. Think about how many people follow IG stories, YouTube, things like that. And, and they got there initially because the subject was interesting. They became enamored with the person. If you yeah. do that, it helps the continuity also because it's easier if somebody feels like they know you next time they have an offer to sell you the next offer as well because you helped them out. They got to know and like and trust you. And then boom, it's a super hot lead because you fulfilled your promise. They know, like, and trust you. They think you're a ball because you actually did something other than slide deck with a voiceover like this while you go through all the slides that are super detailed and handle a framework. Um, there was a, you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, micro expressions are, are pretty Huge. common it, and it's something mm -hmm. that most people like one of the first things we do when we're doing videos, if there's any person in them, is we run them through our neuro lab. And our neuro lab does heat mapping and it checks tonality and it checks micro expressions. Mm -hmm. If your tonality is fucking great, right? Mm -hmm. But your micro expressions say you fucking hate yourself and you might off yourself at the end of this video. We can't oh, yeah. run that video. There's no way that that's going to get oh, the result you want. <laughs> you want to see the show of all that i i've been the ones i've been seeing recently particularly because like i told you like i i love the stock market and stuff like that the youtube ads when you go to watch like one stock market video and then watch the pushed ads they're all like i took and started the stock market five years ago and this and like you can tell like literally they're in the back of their heads going I just blew it all yesterday, but I still have to make this video. You know, you can literally see it in their eyes. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah, it, it's for, it, I mean, that's, re, that's part of the reason why, for example, you know, look at the conversion rates, things like video ads compared to a still, they're getting a micro moment of you and understanding that. Well, you know? and, and, and there's the other side of that coin is, is tonality, right? I talked about how our oh, neuro 100%. lab takes a look at tonality. If you talk like this for the entirety of your voiceover, I'm going to play in traffic if I'm listening to it, right? <laughs> that thud sound throughout the video is me just bashing my head on the, on the desk, you know? Yeah, it's tonality is so much more important than people think. Not, not because there's, I mean, yeah, there's science to it and there's pseudoscience to it and NLP and anchor and emotional ties and all that. I could, I could spend fucking days talking about it. But what oh, I yeah. want, what I want, what I want for people to, to get out of this, just this brief segment on it, is if you were to talk to your significant other in the tonality that you talk on a recording, do you think they would feel loved? Because if they oh, don't, yeah. then you're doing your voiceover wrong. <laughs> and if you're single and you don't have one, you might find out why. Record yourself and play it back for some, for your friend and find out. They're like bro, you're boring as hell. Be like, oh, I might want to work on, I might want to go talk to a speech coach and figure and sort that stuff out, you know? And, and that literally it's, it, oh my gosh, like when I've audited some people's programs and it's that or the opposite end of it where you can tell they are 100% faking the energy. And 100%. it's like that suit, it's like literally a cheerleader and you're like, oh my God, like I, I make it a point not, not of course on marketing materials. I will, I will draw that line because they have to be very much more clean. But when I have somebody actually in the program mm -hmm. and they're going through my course, because I, part of the reason why I like doing it the way I do, where 
I use, and I use the same method with my clients is I have them do an outline of what they're going to do for the, the, the entire program, the units, mm -hmm. the lessons, and then I have them do bullets, bulleted outline of what they're going to cover in the actual lesson. And yep. the lesson I, they have to keep it under 15 minutes per video, closer to 12. And that's because literally there is an actual brain. They've run MRIs on it. After 12 minutes, their learning retention drops off like a cliff um, for it. That's actually part of the reason why they're thinking, even though they don't have as much study on it, things like mm -hmm. the mini webinars and stuff like that perform better is because when you do the pitch, their brain is actually as optimum, which is about 12 minutes. Um, it's, all, it's also is, why YouTube optimizes yeah. to about nine to 13 minutes. Yep. Exactly. It's the, I call it the YouTube effect. People are now so programmed for that. Well, well and, what I, yeah. And I've got to ask before you continue this, cause it's, it's actually about that. It's something that we've been doing for ourselves and clients for fucking years. Mm -hmm. We don't know the psychology behind it. And I'm curious if you do as an educator, why do pattern interrupts work best when they're spaced between seven and 15 minutes apart? Pattern interrupts in an educational setting or in the marketing material? In both. They work the same in both, but only if they're spaced between a seven and 15 minute marker. If it's further than that, yep. the pattern interrupt loses its tension. And if it's too soon, then you just sound like you're a crazy person. The, ge the general thought is that if you think about it, I just said it was about 15 minute cap on learning is your brain naturally is cyclical. It's always cyclical. Mm -hmm. It just, so that just happens to be the natural cycle of your brain. I actually, when I was doing instruction, I would keep mine at about that same. And I didn't even look at it from a marketing perspective. And I had some of the, in my, in my programs, I had the highest um, numbers, you know, when they looked at the testing and all of that, it was because that's what I did. And I always did things in 12 to 15 minutes and I broke it apart into smaller chunks and I would naturally pose questions at about that seven, seven minute range, about halfway through each lecture, I would pose a question. And that's the same thing as a pattern interrupt. When you're instructing, it's the same thing. Cause really a lot of pattern interrupts are the same thing. You're actually asking your potential customer an open-ended question. Um, or or an intro to a story or a memory yep. or... It's, it's the same thing. Your brain naturally runs on cycles of things. It's sort of like you get used to, for example, like I can almost to a T actually reach right over to the microwave and hit the button just the, the second it's going off without ever looking at it. Just because your brain has a mental clock that actually is quite good. And that's what our brain's naturally attuned to. Okay. The, the, sorry for interrupting you. I was just curious no, on that because we were we were talking about that. I'm like, holy crap, maybe that's why. So <laughs> it, it's, it's literally because of the cyclical nature of it's basically a mental reset. And it's just like, for example, I, I literally can tell you right now how like the reason why some long form webinars perform better than others. Mm -hmm. Look at the time signature of the transitions. They are going to do a pattern interrupt at about six, six to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're going to transition. They're going to transition to something else at about 12 to 14 minutes. It's because when they're doing that, if you switch from doing one thing to the other 
it allows your brain to naturally cycle opposed to having to have downtime you're shifting the the centers of your brain from one to the other from analyzing to being creative to an emotional state you're constantly moving it around on what's getting drawn the most information for it like for example when i was instructing i would start out generally every 90 minute block with some sort of a story or a his or some sort of history on it then I would go into an analytical about what we're going to cover in the process. Then I'd have, which is just absorbing. And then I'd have them for about 15 minutes, do it. When they'd come back, I would analyze what they did and explain the process. I went back again to receiving information. I would go over the next step and then I'd have them do it again. I'd cycle through those because if it's just straight lecture for 50 minutes, that those brain centers are going to get burned out. But if you can constantly keep bouncing them around, it refreshes the brain and you're able to get more time out of it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Continue. Where was I? I've no idea. We, we were somewhere <laughs> down, we were, we were somewhere down that road. Um, so where were we? I mean, I, I, I interrupted you and we started another segue, but I, we were talking, was, we were talking about what could people do today? Okay. Yeah. To, to be able to get an effect that'll increase customer loyalty, increase the clientele results, yeah. increase completion rates and kind of what, what methodology systems or procedures would you recommend that somebody use? Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing like we talked about is it is lay it all out first. You know, this whole idea of a beta launch, make it as your live teaching, then go back and redo it. You're basically having people pay you to be their guinea pig. And also if you're not, if you aren't experienced enough in what you do that you don't know beginning, middle and end, you shouldn't be teaching anybody. This idea of this reporter <laughs> style courses and stuff, I, it drives me up the wall and I think it's wholly unethical because when you are in the place of instructing somebody, they are hiring you with the assumption that you're an expert in what you do. Mm -hmm. Not that you just read a book and are spitting back <laughs> whatever it was. So if you're positioning yourself that way, it is unethical. Mm -hmm. And I 100% do not agree with it. And if you're one of those people, take time, hone your craft first, <laughs> and then go teach it. It doesn't mean you have to have been doing it for decades like me or, or Bryce, but you just have done it. And you know how to get success out of what you're doing. Now, I do want to clarify on one thing for those listening. You can do a live recording course as long as you truly are an expert on the item. And, yes. and what I mean by this is, for instance, Josh, you're an expert in your field. If you wanted to create a new course, you very well could sell a course before it was done, do a live challenge course, record the whole thing, package it and sell it after it's been made. You very well can, but that's because, one caveat when you get to the end, <laughs> but that's because you already are an expert in that item, in mm -hmm. that teaching. You've got proven results. You've got case studies. You've got clientele. You've got testimony. You've got history. The ones that I 100% agree with you on is if you just watched a fucking YouTube video, picked up, any book dot-com secrets is probably the most prolific or you decide that you want to my copy over here <laughs> <laughs> or you see it's a great book it is ton of valuable information 
But one of the downsides to how big the ClickFunnels communities become is there's a lot of fucking morons that read eight pages of that book and they're like, fuck, I could be a millionaire if I make a landing page. And then they just sell nothing and hope that they can figure it out along the way. Don't fucking do that. Don't be that person. No. And, And I will caveat this. And this is actually part of the educational psychology thing with this. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get, give everybody the, the million dollar answer here. If you are going to do the live version and it takes a little more prep and that's why most people screw this up is if you are going to do something, a live challenge launch, there's mentally a difference when somebody is coming in and watching an evergreen version. And when they're live, mm-hmm. there is a very big mental difference. And the trick is if you're doing the live and you're going to package it later is present it in such a way that afterwards you can cut it up into those 12 to 15 minute pieces, yep. like do your verbiage. So when you get to the end of a end of a lesson, pause and then present the next one. And what that does is it allows people when they're coming in in an evergreen fashion to be able to take it in smaller bites then because they're mentally in a different place. So my trick, if I tell people they're doing a live launch for something, that's a full length program where somebody's going to need to listen to several hours in a unit, or even, even if it's only 90 minutes in a unit is look at your outline, look at your slides and figure out where you can put these and break them apart. So they're in 12 to 15 minutes. So generally it's somewhere anywhere from six to seven slides per each section. And that's sort of a benchmark that'll make sure you're in that realm. Perfect. Now we've got a wrap up here, but before we do, I'm going to leave this one open to you. What is the number one thing that you would like to see course creators and infopreneurs that are listening and watching this take action on today so that we can fix this fucking industry that has so many people that are just doing it the wrong way. The big thing that people have to remember, and it's like the number one problem I see is that everybody in the space, if you're not used to pedagogy, it's the art and science of teaching. Big, huge, old word, but that's what it is. It's basically all that NLP stuff for um, mm-hmm. education, how to actually build the stuff. They're not used to doing that. What they do is they will only are successful to people with the same mindset they do. They only have the same mindset. And unfortunately, most people get, if they, somebody is learning differently, they get an immediate resistance and just think, A, the person doesn't have quote enough drive that they couldn't finish it. I always hate that one. And I think any coach that throws out there, like you will have some people that just don't finish it. Either it didn't resonate with them or literally they just aren't that motivated. It happens. But the vast majority is because you didn't end up connecting with them on either the way they learn or on an emotional level. And even in an evergreen format, you don't actually have to have a conversation with them for them to feel to know, like, and trust you. It means you went straight for facts, not actually any feelings with it. And mind you, I am not a touchy-feely guy. Like I was a burly <laughs> shop teacher, you know, spent all the time in the woods, like guys, typical guys guy, you know, like, but 
I know the power of story and that conveys emotion. So I use it a lot. Yeah. And so for, remember, not everybody learns like you. So you need to be able to instruct it in multiple ways all at the same time and let them know, like, and trust you without using too much fluff. There is a definite balance on that though. And you see a lot of very thin programs that have 35 minutes of stories, normally of them hyping themselves up yet again, without actually information. It only takes a few seconds to tie it together. Like this ties actually hand in hand with like, we we're just talking with, for those of you who don't know, um, .com secrets was written by a man, by a, by a man named Russell Brunson is he's infamous for his webinars and pitches of throwing just shotgun stories in there. In fact, mm-hmm. he was, he was um, recorded. I think it was like 45 stories in 60 minutes on one of his webinars. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was doing like a story, like almost every minute of something. It's because then the person gets to know a lot of information in a very short period of time and has vested interest in it. So incorporate those in short form in your work. And then you're going to be able to teach multiple people. They're going to know, like, and trust you more. And they're going to remember more of it. So those upsells later on or continuity programs are a breeze. Awesome. Last but not least, my man, thank you for coming on. But Thanks for having me. Wrap up. How can people find you? Um, they can find me on um, the easiest one is jkbrownofficial.com. Um, that is my website. You can also find me um, on Facebook at jkbrownofficial. Um, everything I do is jkbrownofficial. You can find me on Instagram at jkbrownofficial everywhere. So um, that's the easiest uh, one to find me. And now the second most important question of the night if somebody wants to hire you, if they need your help, if they want you to come in and just knock it out of the park for them, do they go to your main website to find this or do you have an offer page somewhere? Um, that actually is a multi-use page. They can schedule a call right there and um, we can chat about it. Um, also, if they want to DM me on um, Facebook, Joshua Brown, I'm right there. And I'm also, you know, all over the community here. So um, we do everything from consulting to literally turnkey solutions. So awesome. Well, you heard it here, guys, everybody go hit up Josh, find out if you're a good fit for his program, check out his stuff and then keep engaging with each other's. This has been another episode of the inbound secret. We will see you next time. This is the inbound secret. My name is Bryce, and I'm your host for The Inbound Secret, where we're talking with top performers and health experts and sales badasses alike about their strategies to optimize their well-being and performance. Once again, this is The Inbound Secret, and, and let's get rocking and rolling. This is The Inbound. This is, this is, this is The Inbound. This is The Inbound. This is the inbound.